TBB10. It doesn't work, does it? <laughs> hey guys, it's Akua, and in this episode, we'll be speaking to the lovely actress Susan Atto. Now, she's um, recently been seen in this EastEnders spin off, Redwater. See, I didn't know anything about it, caught me unawares. Saw that they're Cat and Alfie, those popular characters from EastEnders, they were given a spin off because basically Cat needed to find her long lost son that she didn't realise she had or something like that. I didn't get to watch it because before I knew it that it actually existed, turn around and it's finished. There's only six episodes. I think it's kind of running like a trial to see how people respond to it. But the reviews and the comments have been like, it's been good. It's kind of ended on a cliffhanger. So everyone's like, we need series two. We don't know there's going to be a series two. But in the meantime, I spoke to the lovely Susan Atte. She plays a character called Bernie in Redwater. And she's going to tell me everything because I know nothing. So we're going to catch up with her. And um, a bit about Susan, she's been... In an Irish, she's Irish and half Irish, half Cameroonian. Um, she has been in an Irish series called Fair City, and recently she's been in America. Well, not recently, for a long while she's been in America trying to break it, as our talent tends to do because there are more opportunities. But we're going to catch up, have a listen. Hope you enjoy. Hello, I met um, Jimmy Akambola in yes. Uh, LA. Yes, Jimmy's lovely, isn't he? And he's so left nice. us. He's left us for America. Well, he's doing very well, so. <laughs> He'll come back. Maybe, because there is there is much work out there. I, but yeah, so, so have you relocated to America? Because you, you're back and forth, aren't you? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to do, is to do the back and forth thing. But um, I got my green card in September, so I'm just hoping to hip-hop around. <laughs> like, just try and, you know, because you just want to go where the work is. If it's in America, go to America. If it's in London, stay in London. Ireland, go to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, but how, so how hard was it to get your... Green, I mean, I've, I've spoken to a few actors and they've, it seems like a pretty straightforward process or is it, was it, was it easy to get? I mean, it is and it isn't. It's just, it's a lot of paperwork, obviously, and um, it depends on, you know, what, how they're going about it. But mm. I suppose it, I had four, I had a three or four or ones before that. Um, so they were actors working visa and I went for the green card under, um, you know, uh, an actor. So yeah, it took a couple of years, but you know, I eventually got it, which was great. So, it's just in the system. It just can take a long time. But then, so if it takes a, yeah, it's a couple of years, it's like you have to have faith in what you're doing to kind of pers- keep, oh, keep at it. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you, you definitely do? just have to and and try and get on with your life and not think about it. But at the same time, you're like, uh, like what is happening? You know? No, that's what I was going to say because like it, it having your mind kind of tune out, knowing that yeah. more than like so. Okay, hold on. Is it based on? <laughs> it sounds crazy. Is it based on your talent? <laughs> do you have to have like evidence? Well, look, I am brilliant. I've been in all these shows. Or can you not even work until it comes through? And because I had an O one, I could work, okay. you know, so I was doing both at the same time. Um, also, so that you're able to um, go in and out of the country. I mean, they do provide you with a one-year parole, like just a, a green card. It's not a permanent one, but okay. it's a working visa. So you can use that while your green card is being processed. Okay, so you can work and it's not yeah. not restricted, but the green card just makes life yeah. easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but so... it's still not, a de- you know, until you get it through the mail, like the po- until they come through that post box, nothing's for sure. What did you do? <laughs> what did you do when you got yours? I cried. And I didn't think I would. I just thought oh. I'd be like, oh, thank the Lord for this. But I looked at it and it was green because it says a green card. And I was like, oh my God, it's actually green. 
Oh, it's an actual and card. And you know, you get 10 years on it, so it's a big deal. It's an actual green, actual card. It's an actual green card. Yeah. No. Things you don't know. And the thing is, it's so like straightforward. You think that you, yeah, this is obvious. Obviously, it's a green card, but you just kind of take it for granted that it's this magical golden ticket type thing. And like with um getting this as an actor, is this part of your, I've never asked an actor this. Is it part of the, do you get like a whole class on how to apply if you want to work internationally. Do you get this kind of training or is it something you kind of learn graduating? No, I mean, honestly, I wish, and I wish I could tell other people and okay. I try to when I, I meet them, but um, I was just told about this one that you could get, which was an actor's working visa. That's all I knew when I was planning to try and get a visa to like spend time in the state that's all I knew and so when I talked to the lawyer that's all he told me if I knew that you could apply for a green card kind of straight away in hindsight I think that that's what I would have done because financially it's just worth investing in the green card I um, think okay you know because in the way you still need the same amount of proof that you're you know, because it's under an actor or an artist of extraordinary ability. That's what it's called. Okay. So you have to prove that you have a certain ability for the O1 and for the green card. And yes, the green card may have more things in particular that you kind of need to strive for to hit. But I think it's worth doing that than just focusing on the O1. And three years goes by really quick. And it's never really three years. It's shorter than that. And that's by the time you get it through, you know, like okay. all of that, like months go by. And then by the time you plan your trip, like, so I think you kind of get two and a half years out of that, you know, like and that two, goes... maybe in eight months or something like not, not that much. And it really goes by so quick. And then you're on to again, applying, which takes time and then giving again more money to lawyers and yeah so it's an arduous process so the the, the green it's card it's an arduous process and it's also a very um financially draining one so but no one told me and i even said to lawyers, why didn't you tell me about it? but <laughs> yeah. it's to their advantage right because if you apply for continuous o1s and then suddenly they're like oh but you can do the green card and then they're getting another lump sum you know yeah so it's just yeah okay so you've got there's got to be more education information about that well you've helped i really think so. you've helped any actors listening that try and get the green card before, instead of investing in just the R1, I think. If you have enough credits, like okay. if you really do have these credits, you know, that's the thing. And what type of credits, um, sorry, what type of credits do you need? Is it, are you talking about, what? That's, that, that's what I think I've kind of meant before in regards to proof of talent. So is it, I don't know, you know, they have, I don't know what they call this. So I think there's different categories you can tick. So I think you have to be able to, um, be, like, so there's 10 categories. Uh -huh. You need to be able to at least have three of those. Okay. You know, like prove three of those. So one can be press and publicity. Um, one can be how much you make. Um, um, one can be, like, if you're part of boards of, like, film festivals, judging, like, you're, you know, which means that you're kind of really in the industry and yeah. you're, you know, that's another one. And then also, like, credits, proof of work and where you've worked, all that kind of stuff. And you can get, like, directors and producers to write on your behalf. Okay. Makes sense. Thank you for the advice. That is not what I um, we were going to talk about first, but that's very good. It's all informative. So thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, we're talking about your role in Redwater, which is why you will yeah. be going back and forth. I have to admit that I haven't watched... I've not really been invested in Cat and Alfie since way back in the day. Um, right. So I was actually surprised to hear that they were getting a spin-off. So have you been an EastEnders fan? 
and were you specifically fans of the Cat and Alfie characters? And yeah, tell us about your character, Bernie. Is this um, a great step for you? Right. So, um, I mean, I obviously travel myself a lot. So I, I you know, I, I don't think I get to watch EastEnders unless I'm at my granny's, okay. you know, but I'm very familiar with it. I think we all are, of course, growing up. So very familiar with a lot of the characters in EastEnders, especially, you know, the Cat and Alfies of the mm. world. So... Yeah, when the project came to me, it was it was interesting because I also was like, oh, I didn't know what angle they were taking on it. I didn't quite know anything about it. Mm. Um, but then I read the pilot, which was written by um, Matthew Graham, and I was just really sucked in because it was almost like they created this brand new world okay. for Kat and Alfie to come into. It's like you're taking two people from a soap and then you're dropping them into a one-hour drama. It's very experimental. You know, I don't think it's really been done before. Not for the UK, um, definitely. Yeah, so they just end up, Kat's looking for her son that she had. I don't know if you know this, but she, she so she had given birth, when she gave birth to Zoe, she'd also given birth to a baby boy. They were twins, and she didn't know this. And then she kind of finds this out later in her life. Oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, and then she finds a postcard, and apparently he lives in Redwater. So Kat and Alfie decide to go to this town, a small town in um, Ireland called Redwater. And what they don't realize is that, that town itself, as they're trying to just to find out who their son is, the town also has a lot of secrets and, you know, they start to kind of bubble to the surface. And it's just this feeling of, oh, Kat and Alfie shouldn't be in this town because there's a lot going on. Okay, so, so how does it differ from EastEnders? Is it more of a, like a, a, a straight-laced drama? Because obviously EastEnders is a sitcom. Not sitcom, sorry. It's more like a situational oh, a drama. Soap opera. Yeah, yeah no, soap it's opera, a soap opera. Yeah, very, it's a one hour and it's drama. It's a totally different to a soap format. So mm. It's a completely different format. And how? You, tell us about your character. Your who? Who's Bernie and how does she fit? into their world. Yeah, so Bernie's married to um, a, a man called Andrew Kelly, and he is part of uh, this family in Redwater. So there's three generations, and they're working, they all, they all work on this farm together. And so she married in, and she's the local policewoman, a Garda, that's what it's called in Ireland. And she's eight months pregnant, and she has two kids as well. Does she have <laughs> secrets? Um, no, she's more kind of like a bit of an outsider because she's married into the family and that family is very convoluted and has a lot of stuff that they don't talk about. A lot of things are swept under the carpet okay. in that family. So they have a lot of secrets and she kind of has a, a very underlying strange relationship with her husband and, you know, her way of trying to fix it is to, you know, try and have another baby. Like, that's her solution to it. Mm-hmm. And then also her solution of not really getting entangled with the family problems and issues. She doesn't work on the farm. She's a policewoman. She works in it. She gets very um, involved in her work. And um, at the end of the first episode, a drowning occurs. You know, we later learn down the line, we're like, oh, did that person really drown? It's my grandfather-in-law that drowned, or did something else happen? And then that's when she gets quite busy into trying to figure out what happened to her um, grandfather-in-law. I see. So it sounds very intriguing. So what was yeah. it about... Um... I'm, I'm trying also to, like, not tell you exactly I know, I know. Because you might want to watch it. No, I know. I can hear, because there's questions I want to ask. And I'm like, okay, she's being cagey. You're being expertly cagey, but I can I can hear that you don't want to reveal, reveal too much. But So but yeah. what was it about your character that drew you 
from America to come back home and is it to your hometown or close by um, to where you grew no, up? No, we shot in Wicklow and in and in um, Dunmore East, um, which is near Waterford. But um, I hadn't been in like we were there for four and a half months, and I haven't been in Ireland for that long in a very long time. Right. So it was so nice to be able to a get a job from because I auditioned for it in America. Um, and I did the call back, you know, on Skype with the producers um, of the BBC and the director and everything from Skype, which is, you know, the great, <laughs> I love that about, the, you know, our world that we're living in now, because you we wouldn't have been able to do that before, you know? Yeah, you can remote audition, but did you audition or was it just a conversation? No, so I put myself on tape first okay. and then sent it away. And then the call back was conversation, chat. And the casting director was there as well. And then I had to read again. And then I was redirected. And yeah, it was a so you did. On. So you read on Skype. You read over Skype to them. Yeah. So yeah. how does that feel? Because then I suppose you're detached. It's just you and then they're there look, look, looking at you. Does it not feel kind of... How does that differ from being in the room with people? Um, it was interesting, right? Because I, the, the comfortable part about it was that I was in my kitchen. So I'm in a place where, you know, I feel very relaxed sure. and it's my home. You know what I mean? So that part makes me feel at ease. The other harder part was it's technology. So sometimes if it goes in and out and you're trying to, you know, like mm. make sure that you're catching everything that they're saying, that that can be a bit hard to kind of overcome a little bit. But it, it's very doable. I don't know. I quite like it because I felt in control. Okay. If that, that makes sense. Yeah. I think sometimes with actors we struggle when we go into rooms because we have to take over the room. And sometimes if we don't know the space, overpowering, yeah. it can be very hard to balance that out. And then you, and then you, you know, we're dealing with nerves. We're all human, right? Mm. Like we're very nervous. Um, we, we're not, we don't know what to expect, all of those kind of things. So there's something about it on Skype that made me feel a bit more in control of my work. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah. did you have to, so you're going to be Irish because you've got an American accent now. So Do you think? Yes! You're the first person, yeah. You no, have. I mean, uh, yeah, on the show, I'm 100% Irish, yeah. So is it hard to, I suppose it's, it's, it's not a problem to switch back because you do sound quite American. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's my whole life because I've travelled. Okay. Okay. I'm like in and out. Yeah, it's just like every accent kind of comes in and out. But um, yeah, no, I'm like a hundred percent Irish in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So you've also yeah. worked in on, on in an Irish series, I think called Fair City. So what are I the opportunities? Yeah. What are the opportunities like in Ireland? And I, I suppose you said that you haven't been there. So maybe this is a bit of a redundant question, but I don't know from your viewpoint. What is the, um, what's yeah, the industry I mean, like? Look, first of all, with Redwater, I'm extremely, um, like, really pleased that, you know, it's a mixed-race Irish person that's playing the yes, character. Yes, for sure. Um, because I think that it's very important to show diversity in Ireland. We don't see it in every show, of course, yeah. but um, I think that it's it's great that it's been seen because there are a lot of diverse people living in Ireland. And, is there... and they were living back then, and there's and there's a lot. And now with you know migration and everything, there are definitely a lot more people. So I do think it's important to reflect that on screen. I think it's important for young girls that are growing up there, yeah. um, and I think it's important for me because when you feel a certain identity, mm. and then sometimes if it's you know you're trying out for parts and 
They're like, oh, you're great, but you're not the Irish word that we have in our head. That can be frustrating, you so, know? Again, I don't know if you can get the feel of what the what, what things are like now, because you said it's getting more diverse. Is there something happening with the industry? Because I think in, in the UK, there's there's a bit of a black renaissance going on where black creators are taking to the internet especially to just do their own thing and they're and or they're not taking no for an answer and they're trying to find as many ways to let the industry know that they're here that we exist and you can't ignore the multicultural melting pot that is the uk so is there any kind of renaissance going on yeah so i was saying that i I, i'm not sure that it's happening to the same extent that it's happening in um britain you know um but i mean I think Versity is becoming, um, shows like Versity, for instance, that have been going on for quite a while. There, you know, there's definitely more diversity on those shows. Sure. Um, I think it's also important with certain shows that when we have somebody that's ethnically diverse, that we don't necessarily have to make them from Britain if they're, if, well, I'm talking about worse, if we're filming in, in Ireland. We don't have to make them British, we don't have to make them, you know, from Brazil or all these different Ex- things. Like a lot of the times, you know, the people that are ethnically diverse are Irish. And so I think that it's important to be able to portray that. And I think the same with the UK, you know. I also think the renaissance that you're talking about is, you know, the same with America. Sure, like there's definitely. definitely a huge um, conversation and dialogue and actions that are, you know, being put in place oh, absolutely. in the States yeah. for diversity. There's so know? much going on. So, so, so being over there, are you finding that, I mean, what's your journey been like as an actress? So you've you've travelled, you haven't stayed in one place, but you've obviously found, or how, how easy or hard has it been to find work? Do you feel like things are happening for you in, in amongst this conversation? Are you reaping the benefits or is it still a struggle within the struggle, as it were? Yeah, I think, look, I think being an actor is a struggle. That's mm, a given. Of course, yeah. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, yes, you may have a great role, but then you have to wait for the next great role to come sure. along. And sometimes there can be a space of time where you're not working um, and then sometimes you are. And I think throughout my career it's been like, definitely moments where I'm working and then rest and then work and then rest and then work and then rest. So it's definitely been an interesting journey. I, I, I wouldn't change any of it, but I, you know, I think now there's much more opportunities for people like me because, you know, I mean, certainly in the States, you know, you see breakdowns now where people are asking for diversity like it's they're really looking for it and yeah. I think that that's great and of, you know I just arrived in London so I'm hoping I will find the exact same opportunities yeah and a lot of productions are actually writing it into their clauses like you have to have this amount of ABC otherwise you're not going to um yes to and I mean it yeah. would be great if we could all come to a point where it doesn't even have to be exactly. written you know what I mean yeah. I think it's just also I, I was having this conversation I think that a lot of the times it's like you know you kind of have to go a little further down the line and maybe have conversations within writers because I think that also the writers that are employed it's like well let's look at those and when you write you only write what you see and what you know Absolutely. so it's also about bringing in writers from different backgrounds from you know that have different cultural experiences and also encouraging the writers that have been writing you know quite white roles mm. to just say look around you this isn't a white world really but for them in their experience I guess you know maybe growing up especially I'm talking more about the states as well because they don't necessarily get to have a world that's 
their world isn't necessarily as diverse. So when they're writing, it's not. I don't think that it's, they're trying to be racist. They're just yeah. writing about what they know. I get that. That are like them. Yeah, no, I get that because I think um, I always say that if I was to write something, it'd be it'd be very black. <laughs> Even though right. I live in London and I have interacted with all types of races, what I know is a black as a black existence in a black world. So I I understand that, but I think it's also if you you've got the domination and you've got the monopoly on the industry, then you have to kind of pull back and say well we know that the world doesn't look like just us in this room so how do we if we're going to dominate we have to be able to be fair and give equal voice to everyone so it's it's fair dues they should branch out so i guess that's a good thing that um again like you're saying it's like you're going to write for for your world mm-hmm. and it will be back and then so i think it is about bringing in so much more diversity from the top like execs you know producers everybody you know that's why i admire and just oh so passionate about ava duvernay i knew you were gonna say her name i was waiting for her to come up she's amazing like i wish she's unbelievable and (laughs) and, you know i mean she's even she actually doesn't like the word diversity which i uh, actually i think i need to change that too no we all do i i fought against things like bame i hate diversity i hate bame i hate all those type of buzzwords but sometimes when you're trying to get it into it you end up using I've ended up using yeah, some of those words yeah. because you run out of the way to just say black or right. non-white and then you start going you know people of color and it just starts all getting very descriptive so just like I agree but have you worked with her have you met her or um I got to meet her I haven't worked with her but that would be such a big dream of I auditioned course. for Selma so that was <gasps> what role know? can you say um Tessa Thompson um ended up getting it. oh okay in life but at least I mean if you made a good impression (laughs) if you made a good impression she'll probably remember she seems like the type of person to remember people that that she likes I'm I'm really talking abstractly because I have no idea I've met her once I think we're at the summer premiere in the UK and she was just so lovely and warm and humble you know and she also shines a light on everybody and when I mean everybody I'm talking about the grip and when she was about to shoot Wrinkle in Time which is what a hundred million dollar movie she you know, demanded that she wanted women on the crew. She wanted people from different backgrounds on the crew. She met, like, they met her with a little opposition going, ah, we don't know. And they were like, and she was like, no, I trust you. You will find them because these people are out here. And then you see her crew on Wrinkle in Time and it just, ah, like, I mean, I had a tear in my eye because I was like, this is, this is possible and it's incredible. And how much richer can that set be? And apparently everyone was talking about how incredible the set was, like Reese, Reese Witherspoon, you know? Because A, it wasn't white male dominated. It was just women, men, just just so beautiful. Yeah, because it, it would be refreshing for even white women. And you just want to have a place where you can just be a woman, not feel intimidated. I feel like you're not the only one. So that, I... Yes, and if you were a woman, you'd either be the actress with a very bit part that you know, has yeah. substance. Yeah, exactly. So you make content as well. You made some short films. Are you planning to continue doing the making stuff? or? Yeah, I mean, I really, you know, I love doing that. I think it's a great way to keep creative and also to have a voice. I just love working in that world and I love, um, it's fun. What kind of play? What, I like to play. Yeah, <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of storyteller are you? What's your thing? I don't know that I necessarily have a thing, but I, I love talking about the human condition um, in all aspects of it. I 
we're just fascinating creatures about how we go about with our lives and, you know, how we deal with issues. Watching people interact, I mm. think, is very interesting. We'll look yeah. forward to seeing a, fe- a feature or a serial from you soon. So you're half Cameroonian. Do you have any... Do you have been so to Cameroon? I'm Irish and my dad's Cameroonian. Yeah. Do you... Have you been to Cameroon? Do you have any connection with Cameroon? Oh, God, yeah. I, um, I was born in England, actually, and then I moved to Cameroon when I was three. I okay. lived there... I was 14 um, and I was spending at that time we would spend our summers in Ireland and then when I was 14 I moved to Ireland so you've really lived a travelled life a world season world travel do you get to have you been to Cameroon in your adult years no well I go till about 18 or 19 yeah I would travel back again like I would be in Ireland but I would go for Christmas and stuff like that but I haven't been back since I entered my 20s yeah Does does any of that mix and clash influence you and the person you are I mean, obviously it influences you the person you are today but maybe in your choices and decisions you make as an actress or is it just like this is just you this is how you present and um, now I think it will it will definitely because mm. I think also having been um, it's very interesting having lived in the States how I view being mixed race because you know especially in the States there's not a lot of people that go under the bracket of mixed race you know you're okay. kind of considered black that's um, very much an American view and I love being mixed race. I, I, you know, I really, I can call myself Cameroonian. I love that I can call myself Irish. I think it's very important for my identity. Um, and in terms of influencing my work, I think before it was interesting, like some roles that I took out of drama school where I was, you know, uh, I was a stripper, I was a prostitute, I was the girl having an affair. Um, now I don't necessarily think that I would be interested in those roles, you know, sure. unless there was something really of substance. I think that sometimes we get given those roles because we look exotic yes. rather than... And it takes a moment to kind of understand. You have to grow. It really does. Because you leave drama yeah. school, you're so innocent and all you want to do is work. Yes. You, you know, you don't go out there going, I know, you know, that <laughs> yeah. you're aware of all this. You're not aware. And then suddenly you're like, oh, that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. Why? You know, why that role and not that role? And why am I a stripper with a British accent when I'm actually Irish? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, get, I really get it because I think that is a that is a very valid point of the, of the actors that I've spoken to and especially some who've taken questionable roles. I think mean, I think what's prolific in the in, over here and the the, the, the the what do you call it, the negative stories or perceived yeah, negative stories yeah, about gun what, crime yeah, and what stuff message like that. Yeah. Am I sending? Yeah, exactly. And some some actors like, you know, also you don't realise that maybe you're being used, but then at the same time, some it's that catch-22. Why shouldn't you tell the story? Why shouldn't you be the prostitute and be the best prostitute, right. <laughs> mixed-race prostitute, without having to always question, like, why am I being the mixed-race prostitute? Why have they chosen me? Do you ever find there's any tokenism? Because I feel like there's a lot of interracial mixed-race stories that are coming out because they're trying yeah. to represent this voice. But then does is there any kind of tokenism in that? Like, you being, okay, you fit the bill because you're this... I don't think so. I mean, yeah, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, I know definitely in the States where, you know, like a half American, half Indonesian girl would be playing a Latina. You can't get away with that anymore. Sure. You know, they're asking you, where are you really from? Whereas before, as we know, like a white guy who looked Arab would be playing a terrorist. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's can't do that anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the call out culture is serious. So, okay, so what's next for you and. Um, I'm not too sure. Yes, I was. Um, I was in the states. I was um, shooting a pilot, and then I came. Um, I just literally landed. So I know I'm having um, a bunch of meetings next week. You know, sales tapes have been sent out. So hopefully, something very soon will be around the corner. If this is my 
trivia question. So if there are any TV couples that you could have been a part of, who would that have been? Past or present? Oh, which TV couple? Yeah, which TV couple would you like to have been the, the wife or the girlfriend of? Well, who's the most memorable TV couple for you? Most memorable TV couple. Um, I love that. Um, I don't know if you ever watched this. We'll be bad at remembering the actors' names, but Friday Night Lights. I watched it, but I didn't finish watching it. I don't know the couple. That couple. Okay. There. They had, I love them together. Okay. So you'd be, you'd, you'd be the girl. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Like that. She's old Connie Britton is her name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I started watching, but I never finished that series. I don't know why. Yeah. And he's such a great actor. Okay. Oh my God. I love him. He's in Bloodline now. Ah. I started watching that, and again, I didn't follow through. It's time. My schedule's ridiculous. So I start mm-hmm. and I don't finish. But yeah. And I also love the chemistry in Sense8. That's a Netflix show. I started... <laughs> I'm going to sound like a broken record. I started... Wa- I half watched that and then it went all over yeah, the place. Yeah, the and then Indian I got... girl and the guy from Germany. Okay. They have... Yeah, they have... They're not... They're like together but not together. Do you know what I mean? Because like they're sensorially together oh okay yeah yeah. when when they're not jumping in in and out in in and out of each other's bodies and consciousness yeah they're like kind of yeah they know yeah yeah okay (laughs) it's a a very strange show but their chemistry (laughs) is like really hot okay cool well thank you very much so it's red water is a series and it's a it's going to be it's ongoing so you you in it till they say that you're not in it um so we just shot the first series and it it the last the episode six the last one was um, shown yesterday on BBC One, and uh, yeah, we don't know if we're doing a two or not. It's, oh. been, it's been left on a massive cliffhanger with so many um, stories that are so open. People on Twitter were going, Oh, what's happening? You can't leave Cat and Elsie like this. We need answers. We need a series two. Okay, so that, I was just about to say, so what's the, what's the response been like to Redwater? So it obviously sounds like people want more. I think because it's, yeah, like people are, you know, I mean, it's interesting with Twitter, right? You've got some people who love cliffhangers and some people who really do not like cliffhangers. So it's kind of like, they're like, don't leave me like this, you know? Thank you very much for speaking to me.